Welcome to the Inside Zone Podcast. Welcome to the Inside Zone Podcast. Now, week nine may not have had the most tight, thrilling games necessarily, but we did have multiple fights. Everyone likes a fight. Now, I, for one, style myself as a beautiful, graceful RKO that AJ Green pulled on Jalen Ramsey. This week, I'm joined, however, by the equivalent of two guys punching each other in a helmet, a.k.a. Editor-in-Chief Tom Like. Did the fights light up a dreary weekend for you, Tom, or did you more enjoy Marshall Newhouse trying to run off tackle for the Raiders? Well, both both of those were, were quite comical, but no, there was it was it was strange. And the people who are having fights are people you don't normally associate. Like obviously, we could understand Jalen Ramsey having a fight, but AJ Green really, I could have sworn he was this calm guy who was above petty, you know, cornerback yeah. guys as well. And also, Mike Evans, what's going on? I, I expected that from Jameis Winston, but Mike Evans, come on, you're you're quite a, quite a chilled out guy normally. I would not want to get in a fight with Mike Evans. No. Um, he is huge and he is solid muscle, um, and that seems an unwise move. <laughs> anyway, we trailed mid-season awards this week, and while we're doing some of them, we're going to be giving um, our votes for a few players, for a few awards, um, offering an argument that maybe who might win the award come the end of the year, who might win the award now. Um, Tom, you're welcome to pick who you want to win, who yep. you think should win, or who you think will win, which could potentially be three different people. Don't give me three names. We'll be here all night. Um, we'll also do some pick'ems to massage Tom's ego. And uh, we've got our little segments at the end, um, as you know. But before we start, um, we've got a special guest in to give us a motivational speech to start the pod. So take it away, Jameis. I want everybody to look at me. I'm going to pass it to Corn after I say one thing. Let's go. Let's go. That's a W. Let's eat one. Let's eat one. That's a W. We all feeling inspired? Good, because it's offense this week. So let's start with offensive player of the year. Now, Tom, I'm going to let you go first, but yeah. I will say that you're not allowed to pick the same player. You choose for MVP. You know very well that is one of my bugbears yeah. because it's stupid and stupid. So, Tom, who's your shout for Opoi? See, knowing that you'd probably do that, I, I actually have got a different person for offensive player of the year. Yes. Obviously, MVP tends to be, you know, it's who's what quarterback is on the best team that year. That seems to be how I see the uh, offensive, uh, the MVP race going. So, obviously, I've naturally gone for Carson Wentz at the midway point. Spoilers there for next week. But for offensive player of the year, I thought I'd go something a little bit different, and I've actually gone for Todd Gurley. Uh, a little bit of a wild card here going for a running back. You know, normally you have to put up a a 2,000-yard season or, you know, like 20-plus touchdowns. But I went for something a bit different now. I went for Todd Gurley. Um, leads, the NFL in, leads the NFL in yards from scrimmage per game. He's averaging 128 yards per game. He leads all offense non-QB with 10 TDs. He's the focal point of the second-best ranked team in the NFL. I know there's a, there's a ton of those um, at 6-2. and two. And he, he seems to be having a resurgent under Sean McVay. He's really flourishing that in that scheme. He is by far, you know, the best offensive player not a quarterback in the league this year at the halfway point that that is a really interesting shot i didn't i didn't even consider Gurley, but the way that the rams o's turned completely around i didn't realize he was leading he's leading the yard um league in yards yards from scrimmage per game oh, ahead of per, Bell, per game Billy? yeah yeah cause, wow. yeah because they've, they've had they've had um one more game but he's about yeah true. Behind him. yeah and, and tds as well you know you, you wouldn't think of him with 10 tds 
Well, you, you would have hoped to think of him with NTDs when he was coming out of college. Um, but yeah, that's 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 really... I mean, that, that Rams O is um, the way that it's turned around. I, I, my only concern with Gurley is how do you give it to, say, Gurley over if you're going to die? Is it maybe someone like Andrew Whitworth? Um, the left tackle who has sort of like been this focal point for exactly how the Rams suddenly have opportunities. They've had this terrible O-line for years and suddenly they pay money for this 35-year-old left tackle. Um, and there's not really been huge changes on the rest of the line from memory. And yet suddenly Gurley's resurgent. Goff looks like, well, he looks like more than a confident quarterback. It's That's an interesting one. Yeah. I, think, I think I finally got over the 2015 NFL draft. I remember being all in on Todd Gurley, reading all the reports that, oh, his knee, you know, maybe we shouldn't take him. And I was thinking, he's going to drop to the Dolphins at 14. And then lo and behold, Gurley went 10, Waynes went 11, and we ended up getting Devontae Parker. Who may still turn out to be, you know, a good a good pick. Yeah, if you can give him a good quarterback. Um, enough of that. I, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna butt in and cut you off there because um, I always think OPOI is a weird award. I'd rather see like a quarterback of the year award replace MVP yeah. and OPOI refer to all non quarterback players, which you very gracefully done. Even though I didn't stipulate that's a criteria. Um, I see OPOI as someone who's more of a sort of a stat stuffer than someone who yeah. is kind of a clutch player or who's putting up prime time um, games that get national attention. I'm going to ignore the spoilers that you've trailed for next week and or I might even make you change your vote if I'm feeling mean. Um, but that that's kind of, I guess, that, that's where a lot of people are thinking. Um, so I didn't think about going non-QB for this award. I'm struggling to find players who've stood out enough. I think Antonio Brown's been the number one wide receiver. We take his um, brilliance for granted. We take him leading the league in yards. It's just like, yeah, that's just AB84. It's what he does. I think running back as well, that Kareem Hunt so down. I hadn't thought about Gurley, which is an interesting one, because I thought Bell and Elliot had been Bell and Elliot. And I think players need to stand out to win this, um, which is completely contrary to where I've gone, because I've left us with quarterbacks. And I think if you've got to give it to a quarterback, you want someone who is putting up numbers and it seems to be doing it with minimal fuss. Someone who you look at the end of the year at the stat sheet and go, oh, yeah, he's been phenomenal. It, it's a sort of award that would have been tailor made for Drew Brees to win multiple, multiple times. Yeah. Um, because he's traditionally done that. Um, so I've gone um, against my anti-this-team bias, which oh. is very strong. And I've gone for Tom Brady because he's putting up pretty huge numbers with this middling defence. And there's been all this talk about um, the Pats decline. Yeah, they've lost two games. That decline, is it? But you look at some of the games. I mean, 447 yards and two touchdowns against the Saints. Look at where the Saints' D is at now. 378 yards and five touchdowns against Houston. Uh, 300 yards and two touchdowns against Carolina. Through eight games, he's 16-2, to touchdown to inception. He's 2,541 yards, so that's pace for a 5,000-yard season. He leads the league in passing yards. He's been making up for a middling defence. Sort of a bit like Alex Smith, but I just feel like Brady has been work doing more with less. Yeah. And I... Uh, yeah, it, it, I don't. I don't want to. I don't like the guy, but Ooh. he is a pretty good shout for this. Uh, I mean, if Brady wins, it'll be his third offensive player of the year. That'll draw him tied level, uh, leading it all time. Marshall Fork got three, and so did the running back Earl Campbell. So he'll be tied of them all time. Uh, I I had Brady in the in the MVP shout. I had I had him in there, so I kind of was a bit reluctant. But yeah, you know, you look at what he's doing: second in QB rating, and then he's fourth in yards attempt. So. 
he's not just little dink and dunks. 16 TDs to two INTs, and he seems to be carrying a Patriots team that is severely struggling on defense. And like you said, they seem to be significantly undermanned compared to other names on this list. So I don't know. I feel like with Brady, it seem, needs to be an extraordinary... Because he, he does this year in, year out, so he has to have a ridiculously special year to, to warrant this, this type of attention. That just seems to be how the Pats go. Yeah, and I guess this is about what I feel the award should be, which isn't necessarily what the award is, as I've said. But um, me griping about awards is old news. Um, so that that so shall we move on uh, because before oh go on. Ooh, I was gonna, before no go on. I was gonna say before. So you're giving it to to Brady at the at the midway point, I presume. Is it at the midway point you give it to Brady? I'm 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 saying midway because I think it's very very tight across a bunch of players and. So, so someone, someone is going to make themselves stand out, but I'm not sure who yet. So who do you, who is your prediction for it at the end of the year? Then who do you think is going to separate themselves to the pack? As it were, I, I think I, I think one of the running backs is going to. Yeah. Um. I my my instinct would be, um, that. I mean, I want I want to say Elliot, but I don't I don't see it because I don't think I mean. Bell, I, I was about to say Bell. I, mean, yeah. I, I think it's got to be Bell, really, because he's. I mean, he's not the second best receiver on the on the on the Steelers roster anymore um, now that Juju Smith just arrived. But he is so he's so important, and he, he, Pittsburgh are going to carry on putting up big numbers. I mean, they they are going to have this absolute stats sheet. He he was a good shout actually last year for. Um, uh, offensive player of the year and this year he feels to be doing better the stats don't back it up I don't think but it feels that way and I think as Pittsburgh kind of get going as they kind of run the ball more because yeah. they're ever more impressive defensive meaning that they've got that opportunity to I think that the, ba- the balance in Pittsburgh is going to swing from Brown to Bell and I think that's where we probably going to end up with if we don't end up with a QB and if we do end up with a QB then it's um it, it, it's it's potluck, isn't it? Really, I'd go for Bell, but I'm probably going to go for for Alex Smith. I think that he'll probably be offensive player of the year, but the Chiefs won't be as good as the Eagles, so he probably will lose out on on MVP there. But, but just quickly before we move on, I I don't I don't like that idea of this offensive player. Of the year. I'd much rather a college system where you have the Davy O'Brien Award for the best collegiate quarterback, the Doak Walker for the the best running back. Can we just get these you know famous? Uh, maybe we can get the uh, I don't know the the Joe Montana Award. Maybe the uh, Ladanian Tomlinson Award. I'm oh, sorry, Walter Payton. Well, actually, that's already in use, isn't it? So maybe the Ladanian Tomlinson Award. Yeah, I'd, I'd rather go that route than than the offensive player where it's up in the air. We we do we do have All Pro, but that which yeah. which which yeah. performs a fairly similar function. I think you're overegging the pudding a bit. I mean, and you know that there's there's already enough of a problem in the NFL with people um, going towards skewing towards familiarity rather than yeah necessarily picking the best performer year on year it's why i mean i remember a couple of years ago jari evans was in the midst of a torrid season for saints he's absolutely dreadful and he got named pro bowl because no one's heard of any guards um that sort of thing and it's you know that that's not going to help with that yeah that's true well, but I don't, I don't think it is that if that's a problem worth solving i don't know shall can, we move on you can move on yeah cool because we're talking rookies and I'm going first on this because I want you all, yes, you listening, to go to theinsidezone.com because there is an article up there written by yours truly where I am rating rookies at the mid-year, seeing who I think is currently winning the Rookie of the Year awards on offense and defense. Um, and Scorcher. Who will win in the end? Scorcher, yeah, over your 1,500-word limit, so suck on that, Tom. 
Um, <laughs> it did take a while. I must admit, I, I was reading it with a coffee at work, and it, I was going, God, he's, he's keep going. <laughs> great, 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 great writing should be savoured like great coffee. Um, I like my writing like I like my coffee. About football, no. Um, <laughs> what are you going to say, warmer? Should, 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 should we cut that out? And start, start, no. Um, but anyway, Offensive Rookie of the Year. I went, and this is early season bias for Kareem Hunt. Um, his first five games were absolutely insane. Mm-hmm. I mean, he hit 100 scrimmage yards in each of, each of his first seven games. That week one against the Pats, 246 scrimmage yards oh. in his debut. I feel like this got a whole lot of attention. And now in the way that the NFL goes, everyone's just like, oh, yeah, yeah, he did that, he did that. No, seriously, he got 244 scrimmage yards in his debut against the Super Bowl champions. That's insane. I mean, he slowed down. Um, the last two weeks, he's not hit 100 scrimmage yards. And if it carries on like that, I think that he might well get overtaken. But at the moment, I mean, you know, 800 rushing yards at 5.2 a clip, 331 receiving yards, six total touchdowns. Pretty impressive. Yeah. Um, do you, th- I mean, do you think that he can be overtaken? Do you think that there's too well, I, I, I wonder if because there's a lot of attrition. Well, I, I must admit, at this point in the season, Kareem Hunt, based on the body of work that we've seen so far, he's not my offensive rookie of the year. Like you said, the, the Chiefs have been trending down and he seems to have taken a bit of a step back. His foot's come off the pedal, you know, the numbers aren't as impressive. And based on the body of work for the first nine games of the season, I think offensive rookie of the year has to be Deshaun Watson, just for what he's done. He came in, set the league alight. He was the most talked about. He made the NFL fun again. I think he's probably my mid-season rookie of the year. Obviously, he's out for the injury for the rest of the year, so... He won't be going to win at the end of the year. But yeah. it's a shame because, you know, you had Watson, you had Dalvin Cook in there as well. Uh, Kareem Hunt's in it. For me so far, obviously I said Watson, but someone I could look you could look towards to end the end of the year is probably Alvin Kamara of the Saints. Uh, whereas Hunt seems to be trending down, Kamara is very much trending up. He's an emerging key component of a 6-2 and two Saints team. He's more than just an excellent third down back, which we thought he'd be when he came into the league. He's, he's now splitting between the tackle carries of Ingram. Uh, he's, he's evolving and becoming an ever more integral part of this offense week on week. And, uh, I don't know, maybe it's just me being picky, but he's better than Hunt in pass protection, not so much of a liability. And he could be a guy where if he consistently keeps putting up these monster numbers, you know, has a TD every other week and Hunt continues to struggle for the Chiefs. And then I, I think, the oh, obviously, I'm preaching to the choir of you as a Saints fan, but the argument could be there that Kamara is the offensive rookie of the year come the end of the year. I mean, the thing that might stop him is, as you say, he's he's taking between the tackles of, of Ingram. But what that's meaning is Ingram, who is this massively underrated receiving back, is actually getting some of those third down passing downs. Um, and he's a good receiving back and he's good at breaking tackles. I think it's an interesting one because Kamara is fulfilling this role that sort of it's a Reggie Bush, Darren Sproles. We've had, we've had Breeze has had gadget backs um, for um obviously better than gadget backs but that was sort of how they were viewed um i suppose unfairly um i think it's quite a compliment calling someone a gadget back no one's saying danny woodhead's a uh well even when they won the super bowl they had reggie bush didn't they yeah well i mean i I mean reggie reggie bush is is sort of set the tone for this with breeze in um 2006 onwards and that does make me think that I i don't know about about kamara i also don't know how durable he is he didn't ever have a lot of work in college i can see him struggling a little down the stretch um i mean my, my personally from my point of view my number two is probably leonard fournette at the moment just because he's 
going to get a lot of carries. Yeah. And he's going to end up with a lot of num- with with some very very big numbers. I mean, I mentioned in my article, I think Evan Engram. Um, it depends if people care about whether tight ends can block, which he can't. Um, but at the moment, I mean, I, 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 the, um, uh, one of our writers, our, our, our Giants correspondent, said on pointed out to me on Twitter that um, it's probably not a good idea to have your best re- receiver or only receiver blocking in, in a very general sense. So, yeah, fair, fair play. They, the Giants have no one else. Let him essentially be their entire receiving core and don't let him block. Um, yeah, I, 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 one day I would love for um, offensive rookie of the year to go to a um, an offensive tackle, but um, like Orlando Pace didn't even win offensive rookie of the year. Joe Thomas didn't. You know, it doesn't happen. So shall we? Shall we? Shall we move on, or do you want to talk any more rookies? We're we're uh, rattling through this for quite a quick one today. Uh, I th- I think we've covered most of them. You know, may- maybe Kareem Hunt, Alvin Kamara. Uh, s- give us a name who you think could come on by the end of the year. Do you think Christian McCaffrey? You know, he's he's, he's evolving his role. Is it is potential there to? Because what he's doing um, is is totally revolutionising the the running back position. And, and how- well, he's 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 not though. That's a problem. He should be. And Don Shula does not isn't is not using him properly. Um. I don't, I don't. I mean, he's sort of. He's not really getting split out wide in the ways. He's not being used imaginatively. He's trundling a bit. I, I mean, I, I'm. I wouldn't be surprised if they end up giving him more between the tackles runs after yeah. Jonathan Stewart's two fumble game. I think he. Anyone has him on? I don't know. I fancy bench. Thank God in one game, but he he scored less than minus two points, which God. I have legit never seen. Um, he should be revolutionising position. I just don't think Carolina can use him, and I don't think I don't think an offence built around smaller backs is really the best way to make use of Cam Newton's abilities. I, I must I think he needs bigger players. I must admit, someone I think who the hype train could take over is Juju Smith-Schuster. If he puts together a couple of 150-yard performances and the Steelers go offensive juggernaut, then maybe his stock might rise if, if the running yeah, back continues to trend down. Yeah, but then again, he's also got Brown and Bell to, um, to compete with. Yeah. Um, There's a lot, I mean, of, a lot of mouths to feed in that offense it's, there. It's, it's the same problem Cooper Cup has in uh, Los Angeles. And I think looking at the, big wide rece- the bigger wide receivers, the first rounders, none of them have played enough during the first half of the season I mean we okay so Beckham won that year but he missed four games Bozo won defensive last year he missed four games he missed much more than that and I think he's pretty yeah. much out of it so I, I don't see any names appearing out of nowhere which is I mean for better or worse a bit boring <laughs> well it's not really boring to watch you know someone like Alvin Kamara or Kareem Hunt or Juju smith Schuster when they're on form because they're a lot of fun but hey um, should we move on to comeback player of the year? Um, this is always an award to make us feel nice and fuzzy, isn't it? I think it's a person overcomes strife to get back to the top oh. of the game. Hollywood-tastic. You've, um, you've made me feel bad. I was about to slate the whole entire award, but I'm going to have to well, wash no, my mouth I mean, now. No, no, I mean, you absolutely can, but do you remember when Eric Berry won it? I mean, that was oh, being that, rewarded. Oh, okay, Eric, yeah. Eric Berry, I mean, plays plays a sort of position, safety, that is never going to get the um, respect it deserves. Um, so that was great. I mean, this year, obviously... I, I can see where you come from. The list is not so great. I think a lot of people had inked JJ Watt's name down before the season began, but we know how that's gone. Um, some other big names who we were sort of had an eye out on before the season, Navarro Bowman, well, he got cut. Um, Tyler Eifert, he got injured again. So does that leave any, anyone, I don't want to say deserving because that sounds mean, does that leave any obvious candidates to you, Tom, in your eyes? Well, well if we're going to take it, the 
players coming back from injury, the only two options I think you can have, are, and I don't even think they're having monster years, but for me, the two obvious options is either Earl Thomas in Seattle or Rob Gronkowski in New England. They're the only two guys who have got the poster and the it, you know, the, the, the name brand value who could potentially win it is either Earl Thomas or Gronk. But personally, I'd like to see it as someone who struggled the year before and come on well this year. You know, maybe Todd Gurley's pushing a bit hard, but why can't someone like Case Keenum? I know they weren't injured, but come on, the guy was benched last year for Goff, and he's having a, a you know a renaissance down in LA. Why why can't Case Keenum win it as a comeback player of the year? It's yeah, I I, I mean that would that would be quite something. I I, don't, um, I think the main reason Case Keenum won't win it is because he's fine no, he's, and no he's better. Done he's done well. Yeah, he's, he's, he's been fine. I mean, the Vikings win games based on their defence and the offence has been yeah. better this year, which has helped. But it's, you know, no one's going to confuse it with um, with, the, with the, the Saints in Super Bowl era form, are they? Or someone like that. Um, yeah. I think or, I'll... Or, to, to, no one's, they're not 2007 Patriots, are they? It's very true, but yeah. That's a bit, yeah, I, I mean, yeah, another name to throw out there would be Keenan Allen. Um, but what you're looking... He's... He's not done. On pay- he's on pace to put up a Keenan Allen season. Um, yeah. You know, we know he can he can go for a thousand yard receiving. A thousand yard receiving isn't that impressive anymore for yeah. a wide receiver. It's good. It's not elite. I think. Yeah. Earl Thomas played eleven games last year. Um, right. I missed this. Uh, that's that. I, I I thought I completely thought he'd been much more absent. So it's a tricky one to say Gronk. Yeah, but Gronk's going to put up a Gronk season, which is you know. He's going to do the same things he always does when he comes back from injury, and he comes back from injury fairly regularly. Every year, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, mean, I, I, threw the, I threw this open to Twitter um, a little bit, which is, and I actually got responses, which is, um, which is, which is quite something. Um, depending on how the second half... This is uh, Alex Williams. Um, thanks, Alex, for contributing. Depending on how the second half of the season goes, Adrian Peterson... Um, yeah, that's a good point. That could could be could be one to, to watch there. Maybe yeah. not at the midway point, but in in the end, it could be. Um, how about Morris Claiborne? Yeah, I could maybe he kind of gets overshadowed there though. Yeah, uh, I mean, I'm I'm, to, for, for, I'm not really. You know, I think I think I think Alex, who is um, uh, Alex, who is a giant writer, um, who I've trailed, I've, I've getting confused between his different Twitter accounts. He's tweeting me from one, tweeting me from the other. Um, <laughs> Alex. Alex, consolidate, man, please. Um. Uh, uh, one name to watch as well could be Justin Houston, maybe. Well, he, yeah, I mean, if he has a good second half of the season, but the, that Chiefs D is a little underwhelming this year, and that's going to work against him. He's got seven and a half sacks. He only played five games last year, got seven and a half sacks already through nine games. If he puts up a 15-sack season, eh, you know, he's in the competition there, I think. Yeah, yeah. I mean, seven and a half isn't isn't bad, but it, it it's quite, if he keeps his pace up, then I think that's a decent shout. We'll have to see. Um, and that's moving towards the end now. So now it's time for point after, um, which is which is name I like less and less every week. This is our section where we um, just go off for a minute or so about something. And point after, I think sucks. Um, can we change the name? Can we change the name? Tom? We'll, we'll I, how, how how about extra point? I mean, just no, does someone already do extra point? Yeah, countless um, conversations on ESPN has the extra point. So I don't think 
anyone is going to be taking us for um go out but we, we let, let let's um and i'm doing bunny ears here workshop that um shall <laughs> we um yeah but so what are we going to highlight i've already trailed this i am going to talk about marshall newhouse and big guys getting the ball this oh, is great God. if you missed it um raiders right tackle marshall newhouse had a a memorable play against miami we'd say um Pass blocking um, for Derek Carr. He allowed uh, Ndamukong Su to strip sack the ball. But Newhouse then went off script, recovered the ball, not by leaping on it and protecting it, but by scooping it up and just setting off running. And fair play, he looked pretty smooth. Only issue was he then got swarmed by Dolphins Dolphins defenders, got what can only be described as helicoptered and fumbled the ball. But... I just want to say, big guys in the NFL in, in with the ball is a thrill in this far too athletic for normal fat men like me league. Um, whether it's Don Sari Pay throwing a um, touchdown past the Chiefs, yes, that did happen. Um, Donald Penn, Raiders tackle, has four touchdowns. Um, on, do you remember a few years ago, JJ Watt caught a flipping fade route, oh, yeah. the worst route in the league. JJ Watt, defensive lineman, caught it. Fantastic, it's fun to see. Next time you see a lineman grab the ball. And just go, just enjoy it. Um, the best, so my... the, be- the best one ever for me was BJ Raji in that Super Bowl year. And then he pulled out the, in the NFC Championship game, pulled out the belt. It was that that was a memorable one for me of, of, of a big guy running with the, f- f- with the football. Yeah, B- BJ and BJ Raji was a big guy. Mm. Um, what have you got, Tom? In this um, point after? Well, we'll continue to workshop that. But my point is something that I put out to Twitter this week. I put a poll out. I put. What are the chances the Indianapolis Colts pick up a QB of a high first round pick in 2018? Now, listen, hear me out here. It came out on Monday that Tony Dungy had overheard uh, a couple of weeks earlier. He'd spoken to uh, Jim Ursa, the owner of the Colts, when Peyton Manning's statue was being unveiled. You know, Tony Dungy was his coast. He was there. And apparently Ursa remarked that it was, quote, in his head at this point of Andrew Luck. So he clearly feels that Andrew Luck is not injured. It's in his head, he could play if he wanted to, but he seems to be questioning whether he's quit on the team. And it's one of these things where owners, they'd be so much better if they just kept, obviously with the Texans this week, if they just kept their mouths shut and let the football guys get on with the football. And I don't know why, but I've got this sneaky feeling that Indianapolis, Andrew Luck has got, a, a he seems to have a lot of problems there and he's definitely got a shoulder problem, which is one of the worst things for a callback. If you've got a shoulder or a back problem, that you know that, that could be career-threatening. And I don't know, but I want this new feeling that the Colts could trade him to someone like, you know, the Browns or someone for a load of picks and maybe take a, a Darnold, a Rosen, Allen, or some, someone someone in the first or second round and just kind of go the route they did with Peyton Manning where they, they had an awful season and they took the, the guy of the future and Andrew Luck is a special, special callback. But at this stage, you're most valuable by how long you can stay on the football field and your greatest, uh, greatest asset is your availability. And... I don't know. I've just got this sneaky feeling. I actually opened up to Twitter and 26% said it was highly likely they'd, they'd pick high in the first round. 29% likely, 29% unlikely, and 16% highly unlikely. So I'm not sure. What, I, I know you said that you didn't agree with it, Nick, but it could be something to watch. Maybe it could be a narrative that emerges this, this offseason. I mean, Jim, Jim Ursa is an nincompoop, um, is the best way that I would describe him. Um, there are all sorts of dubious incidents presumably in his past but he does seem to have um yeah come out with come out with some very erratic statements um his twitter account um could be easily confused with like someone from weird twitter at times or it always used to be i haven't looked at it in a while because uh, i can't cope with that i will take everything he says um with a pinch of salt yes salt jim that is salt um interesting thing about um andrew look he comes from a family of cleveland browns fans 
Um, Does he really? Oh, so yeah, I, I, I found this out um, that some... I've actually met him, because um, I'm that cool, at some Sky event years ago, like this, this, several years ago. In um, The building was like the old David Beckham Football Academy down in North Greenwich, which has been Christ. repurposed or something. And he was doing some kind of like sort of... There were some sessions and things where he was... Uh, he was sort of, you know, talking through what it's like to be a quarterback. And, um, you know, there, there was about 16, 20 um, UK fans who sort of, um, you know, answered the call, came off. They, they showed the clip of it. It was had Neil Reynolds, unfortunately, during um, sort, of, sort of interviewing him. Um, and during the breaks, he threw a pass to everyone. So I can now say I have caught a pass from Andrew Luck. And I'm so glad I got that in this broadcast and I've told the world <laughs> because that's great. Um, and on that note, that's it for this week. Next week is week 10. We'll be doing the second half of the mid-season awards, even though that's a little bit past mid-season. Um, but join us again for that podcast. In the meantime, check out the website, theinsidezone.com. Um, we have articles all week. Yep. They're all absolute solid gold hits. They all of them. Um, come and follow us on Twitter. We're at The Inside Zone. We're on Facebook at facebook.com slash UK. And we are all on Twitter too. Today, you've been listening to Tom. He's at Tom Like NFL. You've been listening to me, Nick Dunkerson. I'm at Long Snaps Ranked. Um, hope you all enjoyed the show. Oh, hang and on. see you all next week. Oh, oh. Where's the pickups? Oh, oh my God. The pickups. I mean, I know that I had a great week and we want to try and brush over it. But come on, this is, this is my moment in the sun. I wait weekly for this to, to parade around and... Last week we had Willow on the show. I was thinking, he's is he trying to is he trying to brush over my limelight moment here? I forgot. <laughs> I forgot to, I've, I've I've got Pickens written before point after, and I've completely forgotten to do it. Um, it's okay. For well, those of you who don't know, came with Dad recently. I'm tired. That's my excuse. Come on, Tom. Let's get it over with. Right. So I haven't got the scores from last week because I didn't print them off. So I thought we'd review them next week. But I can confirm that after two weeks, the hosts. Well, I say. You know, the, the two regular ones on here are undefeated. No guest has defeated us yet. I believe I came in first, you were in second, and Willow was in third after last week. So we've got our guest on this week. Uh, he sent in his answers. It's uh, Alex Williams, UK Giants HQ. Some of you guys will know him on Twitter as. Uh, he's going to be our guest picking this week. So the first game is the Jets at Bucks. Nick, who have you got? I've got the Jets. Uh, you've got New York Airport. The, well, yeah, the, the New York Airport Jets. Uh, Mike Carlson. Uh, so good. This is one of those games where I can just see the Jets losing and Ryan Fitzpatrick winning. And against Alex, the, oh god, yeah, against it's, no, it's, no, but it's McCown against the Bucks as well. Yeah, it's McCown Fitzpatrick. It, it, it's, it's it's backup quarterback revenge ball. It is. Uh, Alex has also gone for the Jets. Oh, I'm going to make it a consensus pick. I'm going to go for the Jets as well. Uh, next, the, book, up, the Bucks are nailed on now. Yeah. Next up, we've got the Saints at Bills. Uh, Alex has gone for the Saints. I'm obviously going to go for the Saints as well over the Bills. Do you think the Bills are going to come back this week after? You you will be completely unsurprised to know that I've gone for the Bills. You've gone for the Bills. Wow. After the <laughs> performance of the Jets last week? Bills are so good at home. And I do not like the, um, the Saints do you go against a mobile improvising quarterback at very, all. Very true. Uh, next up we've got the Bengals at Titans. I'm going to go for... Oh, that is a difficult, isn't it? Uh, last week I had the two pointer, I believe, on the. On the, on the oh, I'm going to go for Titans there. I mean, it's it's got to be the Titans. I yeah. just Bengals are so flat. Yeah, Alex has also gone for the Titans. Uh, next game up, we've got the. This is going to be an interesting one now. We've got the Chargers at the Jags. Alex has gone for the Jags. 
Do you know that that Chargers O line has been such a pleasant surprise this year? I've got a sneaky feeling that I mean, normally when teams coming from the West Coast to East Coast, they don't do well, and every instinct is telling me don't go for the Chargers. But I'm going to go for the Chargers because I'm not going to win this thing anyway. I may as well just go for hero picks. I'm going to go for the Chargers as well. Not so much. I don't know. I I feel like Blake Bortles will so will be will be pick. Blake Bortles will be Blake Bortles this week. I've got a feeling that uh, Ingram and Bosa will finally expose him. Maybe they'll slow down. Uh, is Fournette playing? That could be a big influence. I yeah, think, for, think Fournette he's... should be playing this eh? He's back. Right. Ah, still off the Chargers. Uh, next up, we've got the Giants at 49ers. You'll be surprised to know that Alex has gone for the Giants to win that one. Oh, this is a difficult one because I've got a sneaky feeling this could be San Francisco's week. You know, maybe Jimmy G starts. Uh, I'm going to go for the 49ers here. I'm going to go for the, they get their first win at home to the G-Men. Who are you going to go for? I've I've also gone for the 49ers, but not with any confidence. Yeah, it's a diff- um, but I, I I don't I don't want to know that this game is happening. Frankly, I, this is, I mean, this is who's whoever wins, higher. we lose. Yeah. yeah. Um, and actually, going scrolling back to what you're talking about, the Colts getting quarterback um, reports today that the Giants are actively scouting the quarterback class. Um, I'm not sure if the top quarterbacks will be left when the Colts pick, um, because Jacoby sets too good. Very true. I never thought I'd say that. Uh, right, next up we've got the Cowboys at Falcons. Alex went for the Cowboys. How are you going to go with this one? I think this is a Cowboys win. Yeah, I think we're they're, 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 they're coming along fast, and Atlanta are not. I'm going to join you there on that one. Uh, next up we've got Green Bay, the Brett Hundley-led Packers. They're going to, tra- going to travel to Soldier Field. To take the- they still play in Soldier Field, don't they? Yeah, had a panic. Had a panic there. Uh, everyone's changing stadiums. I can't keep up with all these names. Where are Atlanta? Is it the not the Georgia? It's the Mercedes Benz. Megatron's butthole. We have to get that in every week. That's like a condition on the show. Uh, it's, I, I've stolen it from Deadspin, and it's very funny, and it makes me laugh every time I think about it. So yeah. I know last week I went for the Packers. We all went for the Packers over the Lions. That was a foolish mistake. So I'm going to learn from that, and I'm going to go for the Bears. Stop picking the way that I am picking. Yeah, the Bears I've got for this, um, which means that the Packers will win because that's how we're going at the moment. Um, Bears have first time the Bears have been favoured to beat the Packers for like ten games or something stupid like that. The big, Maybe even longer. The big two pointer here. It's the Vikings at Redskins. Alex went for the Redskins, and I've been all in on Kirk Cousins, and I like that. I really like that. I'm going to go with the Redskins. Or the Washington football team. Who Thanks, you but you're both wrong because um, the Vikings are going to win this because the Redskins have no offensive linemen left. But they still beat they still beat Seattle. Yeah, but Seattle's offense is not well. Actually, the reason they beat Seattle is because Blair Walsh missed three field goals, um, and the Vikings don't have Blair Walsh anymore, so they don't have that problem. Kirk Cousins got sacked six times, but it didn't matter. He still hung in there, and he threw that dagger against the Legion of Boom. He was. Daring Richard Sherman to pick that one off. I'm going to go for the... I, yeah, I prefer the Vikings defence to the Seahawks defence this year. Um, I think you've got two defensive player of the year candidates in there, but less of that. Um, can we can we scroll back up? Let, can we pretend that I only just did the That's It For This Week Award and scroll back up if you want to find our Twitter names and where to find us on the internet, um, all that sort of thing. Hope you enjoyed the show and we will see you all next week. Thanks for listening. Be sure to check out the website at www.theinsidezone.com. Till next time.